Hey everyone, it is episode 340 of This Is Whole Life. And we are now in what? This is like going to be our third kind of movement within the podcast. Okay. What were the first two? (laughs) Well, the first two was 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. So that was just three of us. And then, of course, if there was a guest. And then it's been, this is whole life. But it's been the three of us, mainly. Randy, Randy, Ken, Ken, and Which doesn't sound nearly as good as Randy, Andy, and Jeff. And that's why I named it. Right, it just didn't flow. Andy, yeah. And it wasn't like, they're like, well, why was Randy before? Why'd you put yourself before Jeff? I'm like, because it sounded better. Yeah. If it was it, Andy, it Jeff, and Randy, it, did, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it has to end with the job. That just, it's so now we're in our third iteration because we have a new yes, person regular. that we're adding to the podcast as a permanent, not a guest, a permanent uh, part of our, Absolutely. of our team here. So that's kind of exciting. So let me introduce to all of you listening. Melanie Bachman, say hi, Melanie. Yeah. Hello. Is that where you? Is that where you key in the applause? Yeah. yeah. No. There's. Yeah. I don't have it in the board, but we will find the applause meter because we know it would be it would be gratuitous and it would be long, and we're just going to save time by putting a small one. There. How about that? Fair enough. So Melanie um, is going to be the new worship pastor for Whole Life Church, and she is doing a nice baton handoff with Richard Hickam. And uh, somebody that Jeff knows, Tammy Cinquemani. She's uh, she's really happy so, to have you so taking Jeff, that baton. Maybe we should have a long discussion about why um, why Tammy is uh, retiring at this point. But uh, we'll we'll save we'll, that for we'll another podcast. That. So, but uh, yeah, so Tammy uh, is retiring, and ran, and uh, I'm sorry, Richard is going to uh, full time. Uh, employment Advent health. Advent health. He really was full time already. They've, you know, when you're a talented person, people find plenty of ways to use you. And Richard is just one of the most talented people out there. So, um, and so we went and went and found the the best uh, person we could find to uh, fill those shoes. And uh, turns out we found one person to fill both sets of shoes. Whether <laughs> she's excited about that, I don't know or not. But. Uh, <laughs> Melanie Bachman comes to us from Nashville, but mm-hmm. uh, before that, I think you were out in Washington mm-hmm. State. Washington State. And uh, so I'll, I'll brag on you because I don't think you like to brag on yourself. Uh, uh, Melanie uh, has her master's degree from Fuller University, currently working on completing her PhD from Vanderbilt yes. University, and that's in homiletics and liturgy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and so I met Melanie for the first time when uh, she came and sat on the second of right second row from the front at uh, Madison Campus Church when I was there. And uh, after the, the the service was over, I went up and greeted she and her husband. Her husband's name is Tim. And uh, just I was you know saying hello and I just you know what what why are you here in Nashville? Well, we moved here. Okay, cool. What are you doing? Oh, I'm at Vanderbilt. Oh, cool. What are you studying there? Uh, well, I'm studying theology. Okay, what kind of theology? Well, I'm uh, homiletics, and I was like, "Oh, you're here judging my <laughs> sermon, aren't you? You're, uh, how bad was it?" So, uh, so anyway, so I knew after that I was going to need to get uh, Melanie on on my staff at some point. And I'm just thrilled that uh, finally figured out um, a way to to bring her here, and uh, I think this church is just going to absolutely love Melanie and her husband. Tim is phenomenal. For those of you who like to play tennis, Tim likes to play mm, tennis. Yes, I like he to would play love tennis. Tennis partners. There's other things uh, that we can talk about too. That it's just anyway. It's just 
And if you're so one great. of our online viewers, you'll know him as Nashville Tim. Always yeah. good, That's always right. good yeah. questions, and we've answered a lot of those here on the they've podcast. They've really been yes. a part of. They've really been a part of our church for quite a while now. So yeah. anyway, he, he's not allowed to ask questions. I was anymore. just going to say yeah. his, <laughs> he's been cut off now. <laughs> I was going to say his privileges probably have to be revoked. <laughs> yes. you know. Oh no! I hope he keeps going. That'll be fine. Well, so anyway, anyway, so we're just delighted to have Melanie here, and I think it's just great to uh, to have a female voice here on the podcast. So I'm I'm really thrilled that we're. And I qualified, so here I am. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> so, and I, it's also uh, fun to have a PhD on the on the podcast now, or yep. almost PhD. We'll we're, we're, almost, we're I'm there. not quite there. See, everybody we add, I, I just keep going lower down the pole. So I just, <laughs> you know, I am really, I'm really solidifying myself as host, <laughs> host. So, but that's good. That's a good place to be. All right. So, anything you would like to tell anyone about Melanie? Oh my. I wasn't prepared for that question. I was prepared for the theology questions, Randy. Oh, That's what I was prepared well, we're for. Get to them. No, we'll get to them. I, we're just really excited to be here. Actually, we started worshiping with Whole Life about a year and a half ago, and uh, this was our pandemic church. We we watched ah. church from our for the comfort of our of our living room, never knowing that we would actually move down here and get That's to be crazy. part of everybody in person. So here we are. Like you should feel like a, a little bit of a kinship to our production team when we were filming church every week. Nobody in the building except those participating. Yes. The children's Sabbath school, which everyone was like, that's my favorite part of church. <laughs> They're like, we like the kids programs, which came first. And so, you know, we were here every week doing that. And so it's nice to hear that there was actually somebody. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tim, Nashville, Tim and Melanie. Were, were watching. Now there's a face to go with those there it views. Is. Like, oh, they were actually yes. watching. Well, that was nice. Yes. And I've been listening to your podcast. Too, Have you? So, oh, wow. Yeah. And you still came on. Well, I don't know. Actually, I came in. They blindfolded me, spun me around a few times. And then when the blindfold came off, I was in, <laughs> in your studio in front of a microphone. So here we are. Here we are. You here might we... not find your way back. <laughs> You're across the hall. I think I've we'll... seen her notes. She has some notes on uh, things that need to happen in this podcast. So uh, she'll talk to you af <laughs> next week after about her. that. All right. Well, hopefully uh, when you talk to my wife about your office, yes. you know, I'm I'm like, I live with you and I'm my off and there's another office getting stuff already. And that faster I'm, I'm, than I'm yours. Still, I'm still here. And I got, but uh, she said, I got you have the, the rooster. That's all you need. That's all. <laughs> yeah. We may be going, this may be the shortest reiteration. She may just change everything by next week. <laughs> by so. next week, we might all be, it's welcome to Melanie's show. <laughs> <laughs> the men have had their time. Yes, They've exactly. had their time. Years. All right. So this week we were into our second part yep. of the Arise to Christmas, Arise to Unexpected Decisions. And I liked how, and I didn't see it on this week's, but in the, well, we keep a, or Tammy has kept for years a sermon notes, um, like kind of the outline yeah. paragraph, and it was the malingering magi. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I and, had to look it up. Did you? I had to. I had to, I had to go to the dictionary. To <laughs> I haven't, but Ellie was like malingering. What does that mean? And I'm like, well, I think I know. I mean, there's there's lingering in there, so I mean, malingering must be something similar, right? What was it, Ken? Or do we? Or, or should we ask the PhD? I I don't know. Yeah, it, it was actually a Tammy was you know wanting a name for this <laughs> wise man, and I said, well, let's use malingering. And I did not so realize Jeff. Jeff I did not realize that she didn't even. It actually is a term used for somebody who hesitates or just kind of pauses yeah. and procrastinates for something that is sort of a made up or a. Uh, Sort of a we would might call it a neurotic mm. excuse, so oh, to speak. Wow. Well, there's got to be a few of those things if you're going to travel, even if it was as short a distance as Ken brought up from Babylon on camelback by 500 <laughs> miles. I'm not sure that how 
How many of us are ready? That probably for would have been malingering too. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd have lingered for a lot longer, taking a few more pit stops. But the, if you missed the message, as always, please do go swipe up in today's show notes, and you can find the link directly in Speaking of Grace, our sister podcast. And you don't want to miss a story about the Uno trip because, to me, that was like now I have is that, to. Is that all you got out of the sermon this week, Randy? No, I no, but I have. Oh, to. But you're going to do it. We're going to have to. How's do your it. family feel about that? Oh, they're going to love it. Okay, we kind of do that anyway. We're we're just out. We'll just go for a ride someplace we don't know, which looks better, left or right, and then we'll let the girls call it out. And then, see, all you have to do. So, if you've already been doing that, it's just very easy. Then you just pack a suitcase and yeah, <laughs> it's done. But so, the, for those of you who maybe cards, didn't though. listen to the sermon this week, basically, my family did a random <laughs> trip. We just got in the car on a Friday afternoon with suitcases, and then we used Uno cards, uh, whichever. Which whenever one of the children drew a card that was a higher number, we we went in that direction that they were seated on, and so we we wound up in, in Paducah. Paducah, Kentucky. Kathy, uh, if you're listening, he was in your hometown. There you go. I know nice. someone from Paducah. Okay, there you go. There you go. What Who happened when they drew a reverse card? Did you put the car in reverse? Ooh, I, we, yeah, we did a Yui. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. <laughs> so, any, did anyone else have a good story like Ken, like of traveling weird stories? How long did you plan the story before, or how long did you plan that trip? Like, when did you decide? It wasn't like Thursday night, and it's like, let's grab a deck of Uno cards and pack the bags. Let's I go. Think it, I think it might have been Friday morning. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I really think it was pretty random. I think we. I. I think I'd had the idea from a while back, but I hadn't. But it just hit me that morning. I. We've got a. We've got a long weekend. Let's just do this. And Close we did that one time. We just. You? Yeah, we we put a. I told the kids. A, we had a touch screen on the on the the kind of the navigation, yeah, and just touched a space on the map. And you couldn't go too far because the map had a circumference of about forty miles. <laughs> <laughs> and then we nice. just put a dot on there, and then the car just took us there, which was kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. Closest I came was Green Bay to Hagerstown, Maryland, from Whoa. a Friday at five p.m. and back home by Sunday at ten p.m. for a wedding. Wow! wow. We got there. We slept. Uh, we got up, we went to the wedding and we drove home and uh, time for me to get three hours of sleep for Monday morning at 7am. Wow. wow. Closest to, but we only had short notice, so we didn't really have time to plan it. It was just, you guys can come to our wedding. Sure. sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Let me guess. You had no kids at that point. No, not married. <laughs> All right. not married no kids. All right. This was long, 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 long ago. Yeah. Any good ones? Well, I was, you know, we went on some crazy trips when I was younger because my dad used to like to do that. He has, he would purposely get us lost and then <laughs> yes. we would find our way home. And um, he also, I'm going to tell on him now, he also didn't think that no trespassing signs applied to us. And <laughs> They don't. There's little, there's little uh, disclaimers the under disclaimers the bottom. Disclaimers on the bottom. Yeah, yes. if you look tight. Rod yeah. may enter. Yeah. So we actually <laughs> ended up on a mountain one time in the middle of winter and we... The road was closed, and we got stuck up there. And just fortunately, this uh, this this uh, snow plow just happened to be coming through oh, wow. and plowed us out. So yeah, oh, wow. that like one was you, for you, Dad. I always tell my kids when like it says road closed, and I'm like, if you look under the sign, it says except for 2006 Ford Freestyle. <laughs> you can, well, that's true because is your but yours it's is an all wheel drive, is it? No, but if ours dies there, we'll just bury it there, take the legs <laughs> off it, and it stays because it's ready to go. You can walk out. All right, let's get back to the Magi. Some of the things that I, I I thought that you you at least hypothesized that, okay. that maybe they came from Babylon, and I, I found that very to be very interesting in the fact that you know they they'd already been in captivity there, so maybe they had some ideas about this. 
And I'm, but then I'm thinking to myself, but who, I mean, was it just the nature of their culture that they would have been curious? Like we have these people who we obviously probably think we're better than because we conquered them, we captured them. They've been here for a couple hundred years. What would be the, the, the thing that would push you out the door to say, I think we should go check out this star? Well, by that point, Babylon had been conquered also. So they weren't exactly the apex oh. of, of power okay. in the world. So like I said, that, that was just me hypothesizing. I'd be curious what a uh, Vanderbilt almost PhD. <laughs> um, I'd be me curious what, what her hypotheses <laughs> would I be liked on it. that. Can so. I just specify, I, I, I majored in homiletics and liturgics, not New Testament. However, do you want to, I hope you know, Melanie, that doesn't matter a bit. To yeah. me in that we'll be using this all the time. Yeah. So. So what was the question again? So the question is, where, 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 where do you feel like the Magi might have come from? So my hypothesis was Babylon. But... Yeah, I, I actually would agree with that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, they they would have had those documents probably for a long time, and they had people who were very interested in culture and very interested in in um, learning about other religions. So yeah, definitely. I thought it was also cool that when you brought Daniel into it, like he would have been one of these learned people mm-hmm. that would have been referenced in the same way. And I don't know, anytime you can put a reference to something else that you think you know a little bit about, it seems to bridge the gap a little bit mm-hmm. and make the story a little bit more comfortable, maybe. Yeah, it's really interesting when you read uh, Daniel, I think it was one or, yeah, I think Daniel one, and you see what Daniel was trained in. It was exactly what these guys were trained in. And so it's, for me, that's always been a little bit of a fascinating thing that I think that we don't cover very often in in sermons and in our talks because it's a little bit uncomfortable, but Daniel was trained in a lot of things that good Jewish people might have had a, a little bit of an issue on, yeah, because he was trained on reading the stars. He was that's that's part of the learning that he was given in in Babylon. Now, what he makes plain if you read Daniel chapter two is that it's God that gives wisdom, and so he he gives the credit to God, not his ability to read stars and do things like that, but it doesn't change the fact that they educated him with a Babylonian uh, education, which wasn't exactly a Christian education if, so, or, or a Jewish education in that case. So like I said, I feel I think sometimes that can feel a little uncomfortable because we, we like to kind of put things in compartmentalize and say, oh, but I think it goes to, you know, and this is a little bit of a tangent, So, but I do think it goes to something to, to the fact that Daniel, I believe, had good parents who raised him to have a core understanding of who God was, and so when he got out into a quote-unquote worldly situation into a situation where he was being taught things that were probably very different than the things he'd been taught growing up. He knew how to hang on to the values that mattered and to do the right thing. And so a uh, little plug for parents, you really are the power. It's not It's not just sending them to Sabbath school at whole life or just sending them off to a Seventh-day Adventist school. You are the biggest influence in your children's life, and you really can make the ultimate difference in their knowledge of God. And that's why it's so important for you to be able to share your values, to be able to share the things that you believe with your kids. Yeah, for sure. Herod. <laughs> that's next week. Herod is next oh, that's, week. That's, that's, that's this upcoming one. <laughs> I, you notice I didn't go too far down that I road because I've got a... 
this is going to be the fun part of the Christmas story, isn't it? Because I'm going to this next week when I have to talk about Herod. Well, just that you kind of peeled, you just peeled the skin back just a little bit to give us a peek. Just a little bit. And a little bit of the. It's cra- going to go a lot further next week. <laughs> this guy was pretty wicked, man. A little bit of the craziness that that he was, but I also look at him and I go. How many times have we seen, maybe not to the same degree, but people that are just so set in whatever power they have or whatever theology or ever, or even worse, whatever methodology that they use, that this is this is the end and it just like to, to no degree will we not go to to make sure that this is somehow protected or it's at least known that this is the right way that you should be doing things. And whoever you can pull in, it doesn't even matter at this point, but whoever you can pull into your side. And I thought that was just an interesting sidebar. I know we weren't going to go too deep into it just because that's next week. But um, the fact that, you know, you're taking out family members, that's, uh, I mean, part of that faith journey for the Magi, I'm sure they understood pretty quickly how crazy Herod had to be when they met him. Or do you think he was a little bit more slick than that? Um, you know what? I think in that time and place, they were probably pretty accustomed to crazy kings. kings. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they did have a, if they were from Babylon, they'd heard, if nothing else, they'd heard about Nebuchadnezzar, who wasn't yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think in our own Western modern sensibilities, we don't begin to grasp um, the way, you know, and particularly America with the value system that we have with presidents we really don't grasp what a king is capable of and 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 the and so for them they would they would have because they would be used to that so i don't think i think that they were used to working with people like Herod on a pretty regular basis and so you know when you're new to town we well, don't know the king super well you may have heard some stories but you don't know him well you know yeah you, you, you know you're maybe speaking a second language when you're communicating with them i think that Well, there might have probably been some communication with Herod if if these were fairly, I'm assuming these were fairly prominent people. We're talking about the Roman Empire here. So they probably came from another Roman leader who somehow gave them documentation. I don't know. But to just travel into another country and be able to get an audience with the king of that country... Had to be somebody. Fairly Seems important. like they would yeah. have had to have some. I didn't think of that. Important uh, documentation with them. I'm assuming. I don't know. I mean, they probably had a pretty good entourage of people with them. Otherwise, they're just going to well, get. There was only three, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, we know the road to Jericho was a pretty. <laughs> they were. They if were. You're, they, if you're traveling with gold, frankincense, yeah. and myrrh, there's a pretty good chance, chance you've got some people, people guarding that stuff. You have your secret with you. service. Well, if with they you. were magi, they were probably like Jedi magi, weren't they? I mean, do you need an entourage then? Well, they also. I mean, apparently, they had the star to follow. So that's right. Yeah. I think they were fine. I, all I know is there were three really cool ornate candle holders in our end table that was my job to set up every Christmas with the candles, and there was only three. That's all I, that's all I can tell you. I <laughs> didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night either. So um, what do you think might be like current day? Like the Magi, God uses them kind of as a wake-up call. The people that are supposed to have been studying and know what they're looking for and the, the Messiah. And well, first of all, we don't know there were three. It never gives us that number. Uh, we've passed three now, Jeff. Well, that, that's we're done. Yeah, okay. three. Three's okay. done. Okay. Well, you said three, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out. Randy. I know, I know. <laughs> Don't bite the hand that feeds you. So, 
what is something that you think could be today that maybe Adventists hold on to or another denomination or Christianity as a group, as a whole, holds on to where maybe someone else has, maybe there's some magi out there that go, hmm, I'm not sure that I'm buying all this. Anything you can see that might be a, a modern day equivalent to what we where we're at right now? Because it'd be nice to, if anyone was just like, you know, I've really been thinking about, maybe this is something the same that we... Uh, I think, it could, I think it could be anybody who mm-hmm. has a different belief set or religion, a religious system. I mean, that's really, you know, I appreciated uh, the amazing uh, drama that mm, uh, yeah. that Tammy wrote and then that was uh, acted out by Craig. And Craig came up, and I, I just really appreciate it, he came up to me... Um, the previous week and was trying to get some information about the sermon. And he said, well, you know, he kind of asked the same question you did. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you were going to be looking at somebody, I would, I would say that you could, I mean, it would be a little bit of the equivalent maybe in, in Christianity and Seventh-day Adventism of, of some Muslims coming up and being like, Hey guys, uh, Jesus Christ is coming back and uh, we've got some information on it. And we'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, (laughs) You know, how could you, as a Muslim, be able to share anything with us as Christians? And I think that, um, and so I thought I really appreciate Craig kind of grabbed a hold of that um, and uh, and kind of ran with that with the with the drama that you'll if you didn't see it go watch it it was really good, um, but you know that's I think that's the thing I, we it's it's interesting that God will use who God wants to use, mm, yeah, um, and. In this particular case, use people from a different belief system. Ken, you had a story that I thought was pretty apropos, and you asked about how does this look like in modern day. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had Connect 2022, mm, yeah, and we had a clinic that was actually it's run by oh, that's is, right, yeah. the Islamic. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's run by Muslims. Is that yeah, correct? It is Muslim, yeah. Yeah. and they came, took part, and co-op. You know, we all co-opted together. Because we had a common goal, and I think they they looked at that and they said, "This is something we want to be a part of." And we looked at them and they said, "We want them to be a part of this as well." You know, so there is this, mm-hmm. uh, I think, a very good cooperative effort to go for a goal that both of us had strong um, feelings about wanting to accomplish. And somebody actually went into yeah. that clinic and. Yeah, and I won't go too far because I don't have the person's permission to share it, but we just, um, I was made aware by a person this week that they, um, one of our unsheltered friends who went to that clinic was referred to a specialist, and that specialist caught something that was life-threatening, and that, that person felt like had they not had that clinic had they not come to connect 2022 um you know that it the health problem that they had might have killed them Mm. um and so um you know to just point um god used um us but he also used some really amazing muslim doctors to 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 help another really awesome story coming out of connected isn't it it's incredible i just to me it just it was such a great event in the first place, but just knowing that this potentially wasn't just a great event, but yeah, it potentially saved somebody's life, that yeah. just it took it to a different level for me. 
But is that my, I think it's a coming together of yeah. different types of. And, and, the, and the smaller pieces where, I mean, Ken had a coming together with that person. I know I had a coming together with Edwin that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago and other people that saw and met people there that they've run into again. And it just seems like the Holy Spirit is planting these seeds that when you, like you said, we came together and just decided that we can all do this together. And obviously for the better, because I think we can see that in the, in the results. Uh, one of the things, almost almost ready for questions here, one of the things I thought about is a lot of new Christians or uh, maybe even more so Christians that have been damaged by the church, they hear stories of like the Christmas story, and it's like, well, that's one I'm pretty solid on, right? There's three magi. There's, you know, <laughs> we, we, we have the story that gets told in uh, dramas when we're little kids in, in, in plays and things like that. And then you read the, the Bible story out of a book, not necessarily out of scripture. And then you read the scripture. But then by that point, by the time you're old enough, maybe to get past the milk and get to the meat, your mind already knows the story. So it kind of fills in the blanks to what you already think you know. Those three magi, they hold on tight. They don't want to let go. Then I think about the the people that hear a message like what they heard this week, and you're presented with all kinds of new things. And sometimes it, it makes me question what I think or what I believe. And and I think it can be frustrating because I've been that other person where it's like, well, great. I just, I just, you know, now I'm even more confused than I was before. And I'm not really sure what to do with that. What do you say about like when we're, we're considering that God is going to use different people and, and the stories maybe a little bit, it could be a little bit different than what we thought. And that can be unsettling. It's still the best story ever told, right? It's still about, it's still about the birth of Jesus. And now we're just waiting for the second advent. But what do you say to someone who is just a little bit <laughs> going like, man, Christmas is my strong point like that and Easter. <laughs> I had those ones down and now I'm feeling like maybe the stories are a little bit different and maybe there's some deeper meaning and maybe, maybe I'm not, good enough or I'm not smart enough as a Christian or mature enough yet to understand all this? What does it, where does it leave that person? Well, I think so I'll just speak up. You go yeah. ahead. Uh, for it. I think that the important thing is your connection with God mm. because we're always going to be encountered with things that challenge that. We're always going to be encountered with knowledge that that may challenge those the deep seated things that that we have believed. There are some scholars that believe that there were no magi. They believe that you know, they kind of zoom out and they look at the Book of Matthew, which was written much later in the probably sixties or so, um, sixty years after that after it took place. And what what they suggest is that you have to zoom out and think about what Matthew was trying to accomplish. Here they were, second generation, and a lot of people have died. The people who actually had seen Jesus with their own eyes had died. And so Matthew writes this book for a waiting church. Mm. And so there were people who were, who were there who were thinking, wait a minute, is this really going to happen? He said he was coming back quickly, and he's not here yet. So Matthew writes this book to these waiting Christians— and he uses these kinds of stories, like the story of the Magi, to say, remember, this was important. Remember, this mattered. And the truth of the story may not necessarily be in the details of the story. The truth in the story may be the significance that Matthew was trying to, um, was trying to share. So 
I mean, for me personally, it doesn't matter if there were three or five or, you know, what what gifts they brought or how many camels or or even honestly, if if they didn't come at all, that doesn't change my belief in Jesus. Hmm. Keeping the faith in Jesus first, letting the details be what they be. Yeah, I'm a bad one to ask the question that you asked to, because like my favorite (laughs) thing in a sermon or a book or whatever is to be surprised. I love it when I'm like, oh, I never saw that before. And there it is. Um, And you might kind of get that impression from the way I preach. I love to look at things from a different angle. I love to come at it in a different way. So if if there are people who are thrown off kilter by that, I, I apologize. I know some of us just like to just, let's just hear the story the way that I heard it 20 years ago. That's not the way my brain works. I'm like, surprise me. Give me something, something oh, I hadn't I... thought about. But, but I think to Melanie's point, it really does um, come down to, to that faith in Jesus and, and not letting the details throw you off. Okay. Um, not, and just saying, you know what, it, two, three, ten, or zero. And, and to Melanie's point, it was really important to Matthew. I happen, by the way, just as the disclaimer, I happen to believe that they actually did show up. That's what I believe. But mm-hmm. there's no doubt that Matthew is going way out of his way to point out that Jesus is fulfilling some prophecies by people from the East and the West. You notice that I pointed out the Roman soldier from the West. Right, right. He's really, his his book is very intentional. If if you think about writing somebody's autobiography, or somebody's biography, there's so much information you can, you can include. And I know that sometimes when we look at the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we think that that's a lot of reading. It's not. It's a really a very short story in all all of those cases. It's not a long read if you really right. stop and think about it. And so these guys wrote a very accessible, and they wrote it intentionally. They wanted to make a point. They were trying to point some things out. And Matthew really cares about his Jewish audience. He really wants them to understand that Jesus was the forecasted Messiah. And so he, you know, there's a text in the Old Testament that says that kings from the East and the West will come to the glory of your, of your rising. And so Matthew is with, with the, the wise men, Matthew's using that story, which again, I believe is true, but, but he's, that's why there's some theologians saying, you know, Matthew's just, maybe he's just adding that in here just to make the point. But, He's he's making the point. He wants his readers to go. Yeah, this this was the Messiah. This was the guy that was supposed to show up. Yep, we're in the right place. And and the foreshadowing with the the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, the gold was there to 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 help financially. Um, the frankincense is that again that it's it's for deity. So Matthew's readers all understood that intuitively. The same way that if I said, "Hey, let's go to McDonald's," you would understand what was on the menu intuitively. I wouldn't have to go. Well, you know, they have some really good French fries. And you might want to get a big. I don't have to explain any of that. You understand all of that. And so when Matthew says that they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, his listeners automatically understand what he's trying to say with that. Go, oh, okay, yeah. So you know he's bringing gold for a king. He's bringing the frankincense for a deity, and then this myrrh. Well, wait a minute. Somebody's going to die here eventually, which is going to lead to something later on. And so, so um, there's no doubt to me that. 
there's just a, a, an incredible amount of genius that goes into the writing of each one of the Gospels. And Matthew is, is, and I love the way that The Chosen, if you haven't watched it, you should, it's called The Chosen. I love the way that The Chosen portrays Matthew, because very meticulous, very, you know, cares about the details. And that's, that is who Matthew was. Matthew cared. Matthew cared about those details. And again, Melanie will tell you that people argue whether it was actually Matthew that wrote it, but you know, but 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 I believe he did, so we're going to go with it. So, yeah, no. anyone uh, anyone gone to the theater yet to see the first Not two episodes? Yet. No, okay, no, no spoilers. Sorry, I'm going to do it to you. Don't do it, um, man, Matthew. Anyway, something to look forward to. You should go, by the way, because it's it's worth every penny to see it on the big screen. Let's get to the questions because I think we answered everything else I had thought about up to this point. Okay. Deanna wants to know, it's humbling to think how many moving parts had to come together for this event to happen. Did everyone, when impressed by God, follow their impression? And are we following our impressions from God? I guess I can, the last one, I guess we can all answer for ourselves, whether we are or whether we are. Well, my knee-jerk reaction was to say, well, we can't know, but then I think we do know. Not everybody did follow their impressions, I don't think. I think when you see the religious establishment in Jerusalem not going investigating for themselves. I happen to believe that, you know, my belief system is that God would have put it on their heart to go do that and that they would have had to purposefully decide, you know what, no, I don't think I want to do that. So that's that's the way I would view it. So truth is you probably can't know, but in from my perspective, yeah, I think I think that there were people who obviously didn't follow their instincts. I think there probably was a malingering wise man out there who, <laughs> who didn't uh, who didn't want to take a five hundred mile camel ride. He made it two fifty and said, "Forget it." Yeah. Well, there's some that could have just you know gone across a few a few miles you know to to check it out, but yeah, they didn't. Well, we don't really know actually how many people the angel appeared to. I mean, there could, there could yeah. be some that missed their, their opportunity to be in the book of Matthew because they didn't respond. Yeah. Hope not. Bummer. Hope not. And maybe Matthew is being nice and just not naming names of people yeah. who didn't. <laughs> let's, not make the, let's not make this about the wall of shame, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Trafina. Always Trafina. Thank you. Yeah, we love it, Trafina. Thank you for always being involved. Yeah. She says, Ken, let's transcend to Orlando 2022. <laughs> the, there must be a time warp. I gotta get some. I gotta get some more noises on here. We're almost done with 2022. Uh, the star was so bright and significant. How do we know practically today which star or sign to follow from God? I think for me, it comes down to learning to hear God's voice, um, and that is just one of the things that I'm most passionate about in life is helping people figure that out because. I think that there are a lot of stars out there, and I think that unless you have learned how to tune into God's voice, it can be very hard to know which which way to go and what to do. Um, and so for me, a lot of that comes from Bible study. I think I, through my time in the Bible, I start hearing God's voice as it's been written. I think another way that I do it is through my friends that I feel like are connected with God and when I check in with them and ask what they're seeing you know if you, if you really you know the Bible tells us that the wounds of a friend are faithful 
And the truth is that the friends, if friends know you really well, your spouse knows you really well. If you want the truth, they can tell it to you if you're willing to handle it. Um, for for me, I have a hard time handling it myself. <laughs> but yet you need it if you really want to know because we all have these big blind spots in our life that that whether we're carrying prejudice with us or whether we're carrying that we never we just don't realize it. Everybody else around us realizes it, but we don't realize it. And so that's another one. You know, if you if you look at the stars for 10 minutes, nothing makes any difference at all because you don't see anything in 10 minutes. If you look at the stars and you line them up and you do it for two or three hours, all of a sudden things change right before your eyes. I think that's part of, how, you know, her question's a very good question. A lot of people have said, you know, I pray, but nothing seems to, to work. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I pray or I, you know, I, you know, I try to do this. I read, and I'm not saying that you're not doing it long enough. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think that we, we disregard meditation and taking time on a consistent basis because we are so impatient and we want things to be happening right away. And it might be more of a trajectory of how you look at these mm. things as opposed yeah. to just having that said or, you know, this, I'm going to point to a place on the map and I'm going to go there. But I do think that it's important that we realize that, that God is, is not just in that moment. He's also in the waiting. So we get a chance to see things over time. And I think it's important that we see this star that they had been studying maybe for years. I don't know. It's an yeah. interesting thing. But the study of stars and astronomy and all of those things, I just it's amazing to me the patience that it took to learn that. Wow. Yeah. Didn't thought about that. Uh, Jamila asks, given that as Jesus started his ministry, even his disciples misunderstood his mission, them thinking overthrowing the Romans, it seems like a stretch to suggest that Herod was willing to kill God. I think his pattern and history supports that he was looking to, air quotes, off the competition. One and the same? Not? I have no problem with somebody disagreeing with me. Although you're going to have to disagree for a second week in a row because <laughs> next week when I talk about because uh, good point next week when we talk about it, the reason that the, I, the and by the way this is the first time I really saw this but if you look in Matthew chapter two where the story is found Matthew puts into Herod's mouth so if if Herod said this he says where is the Messiah going to be born. So that's the, he uses the word Messiah. He doesn't say, where is the king of the Jews going to be born? He doesn't say, he says, where is the Messiah going to be born? You have to remember that Herod was very familiar with, with Jewish religion. Uh, even though he was only half Jewish, he was very, very, very competent when it came to Jewish theology. And so it wasn't like a throwaway word that he used when he said, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? And so... My gentle response is, I really do think that Herod had zero problem 
taking out the Jewish Messiah if it meant him keeping power. Um, because he said, where's the Messiah going to be born? And then as we're going to talk about this next week, what does he do when the wise men don't come back? He goes ahead and he kills all the babies in Bethlehem, according to the the Matthew story, which, by the way, is an interesting thing because that there is nowhere else in history. Josephus doesn't mention it. It feels like something Josephus would have mentioned. It's the only place where this is mentioned. Again, Matthew loves to go ahead and use uh, going back to the Old Testament. He quotes uh, an Old Testament book there that the voice was he- uh, heard wailing in Ram- Um And so, so there's some. We'll talk more about it next week. There's some alleg- some things going on there. With that said, it seems to me, and, and if you don't, if you if you just go ahead and take a, a time to read the biography of of Herod, after you read that biography, if you have a hard time thinking he would have a hard time killing God, I don't know. I, the guy was was pretty okay with keeping power in whichever way he thought he could. So right. um, anyway, so yeah. So we'll that's... check out part two. So Jamila, if that didn't answer your question, send another question in next week after you hear next week's sermon. <laughs> but but again, Jamila, down. there's uh, <laughs> one of the things I love about theology is there's plenty of room to disagree. Yeah. And it is, I'm, I'm plenty comfortable with you disagreeing with that. <laughs> that's no problem at all. All right. We're going to save the last one because it's just, it's tough. So I'm, I'm, Sorry, Melanie. This so one. you're looking at Melanie. So, yeah, this, no, so okay, she's, so you're well, going to send new, a tough so question that yeah, way. We have Perfect. to. I mean, one actually had your name in it. So yeah, it you was, had to, you had to look at me for that one. <laughs> Why do I feel like a hazing is about to happen? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. Maybe. Hazing so question. this is from anonymous, lowercase spelled correctly, because we have a lot of different. This anonymous. isn't from Tim in Nashville. No, well, it doesn't Can't, say my, so. You never know. You never okay. know. Well, you tell me. Maybe this. You might have a. You'd be like, no. How does one strengthen their faith? Well. It's a really huge question. It is. And there are it lots of really I mean, great answers. It seems I mean, simple, Jesus but it's is tough. the author and finisher of our yeah. faith. We can pray for more faith. We can just But for me personally, there's no such thing as faith that hasn't been challenged. If you have a belief that hasn't been challenged, then that is a belief it's not faith. Mm. Faith has to have that sort of dark side of the moon element to it. Mm. So If someone recognizes that they want their faith to be strengthened or they feel like their faith is not strong enough, that's a great start. Okay. Look for those spots where you've already kind of gotten smacked around a little bit and (laughs) go, yeah, that might be. Well, and don't be be discouraged because I I think it's something that develops over time and over relationship. And, I also think that there is there's an element in in the fact that God is big enough to fill in the gaps of our faith. So if we don't have enough or we feel like we don't have enough, we're still safe. Still safe. Still safe. See, I, I was kinda gonna I was gonna go there with a question of my own and then I realized there was one in there, but I was just gonna say usually, you know, for me, and I wouldn't suggest it, it's usually trial and error poke the bear and then after you get smacked around you're like whoa 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 what was i thinking i don't That's- know you have a different definition of faith right? <laughs> yeah it was you know, so definitely go with whoa. Uh, i'm gonna go with the uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm gonna we'll go with the, the other one yeah, yeah I, I would too that's why i asked you because we obviously needed a better answer than Maria. <laughs> that was that was clear before it was written so one of our whole life reflections asked this week who do you write off as not having any religious wisdom and or relationship with god and I thought that maybe write-off was maybe a bit harsh, maybe a little velvet sledgehammer there. 
But who do you just, to me, I, I thought of it as, who do I look at and think, I don't think they know what they're talking about. Come on, Randy. There's nobody you write off. I write off. There's people I write off. No, I mean, I, I just want so many people. Which I don't want, but no, I do. No, no, no. I know. I, I think we all do to some degree, whether we it's a total conscious effort or not. But when faced with actual, even if I don't like somebody, like we don't gel, we don't mesh, we just need to be in opposite corners or not in the same room at all. So many people over my life have called me out or surprised me by going, saying something that you're just like, did you read that somewhere? You know, like, and not giving them credit, but then realizing that everybody, everybody has a talent in some, in some way, some strong point, something that they're rooted in, just like we are with our talents. I don't get as offended as I used to, and or I'm not as black and white as I grew up to be, or I was taught to be. And that's been a long road. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying that I don't ever do it, because I'm sure I do. But it was more cautionary as to what are the little things? Maybe we don't just write people off, but we just kind of, oh, that was cute. That was nice. Oh, that was warm and fuzzy. Or instead of just really taking what someone is giving you a genuine answer to something that you might be missing, just like the, you know, the religious leaders and I mean, the Magi came to it and they're like, there's no way they could have anything to do with this or they would have any knowledge or something that we didn't understand. I think that's where the slippery slope of us just assuming we know everything. So maybe not always a write-off, but just the, the little sneaky ones that we don't realize are there. Hmm. That's kind of how I took it. All right. Next week, we've already discussed, right? Unexpected challenges. Herod had challenges? Didn't he just eliminate challenges? I put my thumb on you. Uh, maybe Jesus had the challenge, or his parents had the challenge of avoiding Herod, huh? See, I didn't think Ken had it in him, and then there he just it surprised me, so there I did it. Sorry. I should have known. So, you survived episode 340, which is episode number one for you. Well, that's true, yeah. And we'll, we'll see if Ken lets me come back next week. <laughs> this might have been my permanent position for one one episode. I think you're back next week. <laughs> Wondering if we're going to be back. Next yeah, week. I know, right? <laughs> just gonna, just <laughs> Randy and Melanie. <laughs> Man, that means we need new theme music again. Talk on it. We're going to have to totally redo this. Ken, at the end of his message, had something, just a short uh, couple sentences that I thought really were something that we should think about this week. We would be foolish to think that we are somehow intellectually superior or morally superior to the Jewish leaders and the Jewish people in Jesus' time because... Human nature is human nature. God has prepared a table for many to sit at. There will be people at the table that will shock you. And are you on faith? Are you on a faith journey with Jesus that will allow you to be at that table that's been prepared for you? Do you want to be at the table? Do you want to be on a faith journey? Faith involves action always. What about you? Are you open to Jesus leading you? And that's a lot of questions, but there's also a lot of reward in there too for those questions. And just stopping to think about as everything now, we're past Thanksgiving, we're on the fast trip to the to Christmas and everything that that involves, whether you like it or not, that's the new trajectory. But maybe just to stop and think about that one this week would do us all a little good as we head into Christmas. So anything else? We'll see you all again next week. Thanks for listening.